Luke chapter 6, verses 43 to 49. No good tree bears bad fruit, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart, and an evil man brings evil things out of the evil stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. Why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? As for everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I'll show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug, deep, who dug down deep and laid the foundation on rock. When the flood came, the torrent struck that house, but could not shake it, because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built a house on the ground without foundation. The moment the, st- the torrent struck that house, it collapsed, and its destruction was complete. Good morning, everybody. Good morning. Um, Happy New Year to those of you I haven't seen yet. Um, it's always exciting the start of a new year. It seems, though, although it's the middle of the school year, it always seems like we're starting everything from scratch. It's new calendars, new dates going in the planners and whatnot, but always gives a little bit of hope looking forward. So I wanted to say I'm excited for 2023 to live this year out with you guys as a church, as a family. And um, yeah, I'm going to start off with a word of prayer and then uh, let's dig in. Father God, thank you um, again for this morning where we have an opportunity to um, dig into your word and and see what you want to say to us, Father. Um, That we're all at different places in life. Um, different places in our faith walks, but God, I believe that this morning you have something to speak into all of our lives exactly where you're at. That's just what your word does. That's what you do, God. Um, um, You're God who's living, who's active, and who knows each and every one of us and where we're at. And so, God, I just ask this morning you'd prepare our hearts, open our ears, um, so that way we can hear exactly what you want to say to us this morning. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. So um, today's reading, what Callum just read, is kind of the conclusion of Jesus' sermon. Right? This, is, this is the way Jesus concluded an epic sermon. Um, there was, we've heard lots of things. We've talked about blessings and woes. We've talked about loving your enemies and the forgiveness there. We've talked about judging others or not judging others. Um, and today we're talking about the tree and its fruit. And finally, um, the wise and the foolish builders. And this is a bit of a dividing conclusion once we dig into this. Um, we see that Jesus is actually starting to separate the wheat from the chaff. And if you were here last week, Toby talked a little bit about that. The wheat is what's substantial, what's, what's going to last, and the chaff is the other part that gets, kind of gets blown away. And so we see in this conclusion, Jesus said, hey, you've been listening to these teachings, you've been listening to all these different things that I've been explaining to you, and now we're going to start to separate and say, all right, well, now that you've heard all these things, what does it mean for you. Um, yeah, so in this, in this first section, we're just going to address the tree and the fruit and its fruit. Um, no good, this is verse 43, no good tree bears bad fruit. Pretty logical. No, nor does a bad tree bear good fruit. Each tree is recognized by its own fruit. People do not pick figs from thorn bushes or grapes from briars. A good man brings good things out of the good stored up in his heart. 
And an evil man brings up evil things out of the evil that's stored up in his heart. For the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. And so just when we're talking about the fruits here in the beginning, from an agricultural aspect, it's kind of obvious, isn't it? It's kind of like a duh. <laughs> right? It's pretty evident. Um, you, you're not, I, I know that, have you ever, do you, get, do you call it a crab apple tree? In the States, we have crab apples. They probably exist here too. Maybe there's a different name. But it's an apple tree of these tiny apples that are really sour and bitter, and you can't eat them. I don't know what their purpose is, but this would be the, this is a bad tree. You will never walk out to a crab apple tree and find this ripe, juicy, sweet apple that you can pick from it. It just, that's not how nature works. I think we're all on board with that. And in these verses, too, it's also saying, like, you're not going to pick an orange from an apple tree or a cherry from a plum tree. It's really evident, and we all can say, oh, yeah, I get that, Jesus. Thank you very much. But when you get a little bit farther, when you start comparing that to our personal lives, that same scenario, there's sometimes where we're like, oh, that's shocking. Or, wow, I'm so confused. I, I don't understand. Um, one example, like when we start getting to verse 45, um, I have a little bit darker complexion. So it's a slightly dip more difficult for me to get sunburned. Although, since being here in the UK, my skin's getting lighter and lighter <laughs> every week. So sunburn seems to be really evident in my future. But um, you might ask the question, well, how did I get sunburned? I spent a day on the beach um, in North Carolina, and I love building sandcastles. And from sunrise to sunset, I was digging in the sand and building like this, right, all day long. And at the end of the day, I got into the car and I sat down and my back felt really strange. Not a familiar feeling for myself. And I go, oh, oh, how did I get sunburned? Duh. You spent the entire day without suntan lotion or a t-shirt. Like, it's going to happen. Um, but I still was, I was shocked. I was surprised. Um, Maybe, where did these extra pounds come from? Uh, Christmas season, New Year's, anybody go to any parties? Desserts, right? Christmas puddings? Yeah, that's where they came from. We go, oh, well, why does the scale say that? Well, there's probably a reason behind that. Um, why is my bank account low? Yeah, maybe it was the Christmas season as well. Oh, we, where did all the funds go? Um, why am I feeling so tired? I don't know, the new Netflix series, you know, that you've been watching at night, you know, even though you don't look at the clock because you don't want to know it's 2 a.m., it's still 2 a.m. So the next day when you're feeling tired, there's a reason behind that. It's because you were up too late. Why am I feeling distant from God? Maybe it's because you haven't been spending time in his word and engaging with him. Maybe there's been a lack of prayer. Maybe there's a sin issue in your life that's rampant and on repeat over and over and over and Little by little, you start feeling like there's this distance. But when you're talking about this, like, all of a sudden, yeah, there's a reason. Yeah, there's something more behind it. And that's what Jesus is talking a little bit about here. Um, there's an um, um, old school Christian hip-hop hip -hop group called The Cross Movement. Um, it was in the 90s. Raise your hand if you were alive in the 90s. Most of you, <laughs> most of you were alive. Most of you might not have been listening to hip-hop in the 90s just yet. Um, but there's this, this song that I really enjoy. It's called Off the Hook. 
Um, and this song is um, it's a courtroom scene about a man's life, okay? And this guy walks into the courtroom, and the prosecution declares what this guy has done wrong. And it says, the defendant is guilty of not knowing who God is. That is the accusation. And in the background, you hear the guy say, what? Not knowing who God is? Man, this guy's flipping out. I know who God is. I went to Sunday school. I have a chain with a cross on it. Like, I know who God is. And so the issue is, it's, this young man is saying, these are some exterior things that are Christian that I was doing, but there wasn't actually an internal change in his life. He was saying, hey, I'm doing this and this and this, which are good things, but there was not the change on the inside. When Jesus is talking about the fruit trees, he's talking about first who we are, the identity of the tree, right? Orange tree is not going to make apples. We're talking about the identity. And so in relation to who we are, Jesus is saying, hey, this is about us. Change that comes from the inside. It's a change in our DNA. It's a complete invitation of God into every domain of our lives that's going to produce fruit that represents the change that's happening inside. So it's God in me that makes us the change. In Galatians, it speaks about the fruits of the Spirit. Um, it's Galatians 5:20 20 through 25. Why don't you guys open up your Bibles or your phone applications? It's page 1172. We have time. I timed my message out this morning, and I have to stretch it a little bit. <laughs> so take your time. Find the page 1,172, Galatians chapter 5, verse 20 through 20. Well, yeah, we'll, just do, we'll, we'll start at uh, 22. We'll do there. I love, the turn, I love the sound of turning of pages. If you have a cell phone, just go crinkle, crinkle, crinkle as you look for it. That'll make me feel good too. All right, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. Verse 23, gentleness, self-control. Against these things there is no law. Against these things labeled here, there is no law. These are good things. These are things that we should be doing, but these are something that's it comes from the Holy Spirit that lives inside of us. Um, I, maybe a challenge. Maybe some of you have this verse memorized. I, some of you are involved with gospel families. Gospel families. Yeah, some of us. More than that, I hope. So what is gospel families is a chance that for us as a congregation to meet during the week. Uh, we meet in homes, and we dig into the Word. We encourage one another. We eat together. Um, it's just a moment of encouragement. So that's what gospel families are. And so maybe in gospel families this week, I want to throw out a challenge. Um, I would love it if as a gospel family, we would memorize this verse together. If you want to use, the, there's a song that goes with this, I think. If you want to use that song, that's good. So the challenge is this. In your gospel families, set up a recording of you guys all saying this verse together without reading it. Have it memorized and then stick it in the members group. Is that fair? Can we do that? It'll be fun. It'll be fun. I know some of us haven't memorized things since we're in the 
elementary school, but I think we can do it. So there's a little challenge. So these things that I was talking about, these fruits of the Spirit that come out of us that are good when we have that change, the question is, well, how do you get God's Spirit in us? How does that happen? One of the things that we need to do is we, we have to admit that we're not perfect. And don't assume that there's any perfect people here. I am not. It's admitting, look, I have problems. I've made mistakes. I have sinned. I am not perfect, just like everybody else on the face of the planet. Nobody's special in that sense. Then we need to acknowledge that God is perfect. So in God's perfection and in our imperfection, we have a problem because God wants us to be in relationship with him. He wants to be united with us, but the problem is that imperfect can't blend with perfection. Does that make sense? You can't take a cup of pure water and a cup of dirty water and mix the two together and that cup of water doesn't stay pure, right? There's a problem there. There's, you can't have those two together. So what, what happened? Well, Jesus, in his grace, came to earth. He died and was buried, and his purpose was to come and create a bridge for us to be able to have a relationship with God once again. He came to earth to say, look, I know humanity is imperfect, but me living a perfect life can give my life in place of theirs so that way they can have access to God the Father once again. So he died, but he didn't stay dead. We're talking about Easter Sunday here, right? He rose from the grave to prove that he really was God and had power over death itself. So it wasn't just a man dying in our place saying, yeah, I'll die for you, no problem, and that'll cover everybody. No, first he lived a perfect life, then he died. And then to prove that what he did counted, he rose from the dead. And then we need to say, I want to accept what he did for me. You can accept that gift. It costs you nothing. It costs him everything. He offers this gift to us, and he says, claim this as your own, as a way to the Father. And so claiming that gift gives you a new life that begins on the inside and works its way to the outside. Um, 2 Corinthians 5, chapter, or chapter 5, verse 17. This is page um, 1162. 1,000, we can turn there again. 1,162. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. All right? 1,162. This verse says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, right? They went, they, they said, yes, I want to accept what Christ did for me. The new creation has come. In the beginning, we talked about getting that new DNA that changed from the inside, right? The new creation has come. The old has gone, and the new is here. Now you're in a place where you can start producing fruits of the Spirit that are coming from the inside and coming out. And this bonus is something that you're going to get a bonus. You have eternal life with it, right? You have a changed life here, and there's a bonus later on because all eternity is guaranteed. Oh. John 14, 
verse 6 says, Jesus answered, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. So going back to the fruit, the tree and its fruit. The gentleman in, in, the, in the song, right, the one that was like, what? What do you mean? Like, not knowing who God is, like, I've done this, I've done that. It's a bit of the idea of taking good things, good fruit, and stapling them to the tree. Can you guys get that image a little bit? There's a tree there, but he's like, well, I want to do some good things. I can just glue or tape or staple these fruits onto a tree, and that's the same thing. But the question is, has there been a change on the inside? Fruits are something that are desirable. When we read through the fruits of the Spirit, and you, if you go and ask someone out in the street, hey, what do you think of goodness? Is it a good thing or a bad thing? They're going to be like, well, goodness is a good thing. Well, what about patience? Is it good to be patient? Almost everybody can acknowledge that the fruits of the Spirit, they're positive, they're desirable, like a fruit. Right? When you see a fruit, it's bright, it's colorful, it stands out, you want it. Right? Um, a, a fruit that's coming from within the tree, it flowers first, so you know the fruits are coming. Like it's saying, hey, there's going to be a fruit here. Oh, here comes another one. Here's a flower. There's a fruit coming here as well. Like they're desirable, and people see those things and want them. They want them for their own lives. And so it makes sense that they say, I want that fruit too. How do I actually do it? And so sometimes it results in the stapling of the fruit and being like, yeah, I got some fruit hanging from me. But the difference is it's not an internal change. Has anyone gone to the apple orchards picking apples from apple trees? Anybody? Like, I don't know, it's an activity in Wisconsin. Like, we as a family, like, let's go pick some apples. Maybe they don't do that here, I don't know. But walking through the apple orchards, there's always the apple that you see on the tree that you're like, that is the perfect apple, and it's always, like, a little bit higher. It becomes desirable because you can see it and you go, oh, I want that one. It doesn't look misshapen. It's just this perfect apple. And it creates a design. You're ready to climb this tree in order to pick that one apple that's slightly out of reach, right? This is what good fruits do for others as well. So here's the, here's the fuzzy part about the whole fruit thing. You might be able to say like, look, I know people um, that probably don't have God's spirit in them, but I see these fruits. They are kind, they're gentle, they have self-control. What does that mean? Well, first, I just want to establish that everything that's good comes from the Lord. Anything that you see is good, it comes from the Lord. James chapter 1, verse 17 says, Every good and perfect gift is from above, coming down from the Father of the heavenly lights, who does not change like the shifting shadows. So is it possible to have fruit even though you don't own a fruit tree? The answer is yes. You go to the grocery store and you buy some fruit. But once again, you're seeing the difference, right? You're seeing the difference from the inward working itself out and the idea of taking from exterior and trying to attach it to ourselves. It's not fruit that's being produced in-house, um, but we want the source, don't we? We want the source. 
I don't want the milk. I want the cow that produces the milk, please. I don't know if it's actually cheaper to feed a cow. But that's aside from the point. The point is, you want the source of where things are coming from. You want, I, don't want, I don't want to keep buying apples from the grocery store. I just want an apple tree in my backyard that's just producing fruit on the daily, where I can just go outside and pick one, and I know there's no pesticides on it, and I know that it's been cared for, and, and I can just bite it like back in the day. Just eat those apples, right? This is what the Spirit of the Lord does. He produces these fruits in every season. Based not whatever storm comes along, the amount of time that goes by, God's Spirit can continually be producing these fruits in us. Um, I just want to share a quick story uh, of a gentleman named Damar Hamlin. Um, he's an American football player. This isn't a sports story. Um, it happened in the sport of American football, but this isn't about the sport. But um, there was a collision in the game, and the man's heart stopped. He collapsed right there on the field. Not, no heartbeat. Had to administer CPR and whatnot. People on the sidelines were crying. His teammates, the other team, in disbelief, in shock. They just saw this situation, and they're like, what's going on? We were just in the middle of a football game. It was five minutes into the football game. They canceled the game. They stopped it. It had significant playoff. Um, like, it was a meaningful game, but nowhere near the meaningfulness of a man's life. They canceled the game. They never went back to the game. It didn't matter. This, it's this man's life that mattered. Took him to the hospital. Um, induced coma. Um, he, this week, he, he has recovered. He's talking. He's, he's sent out a couple of videos. But this was a really, really big deal. Um, last night, there were two American football teams that played a game together, and at the end of the game, both teams came around the center of the field, and they all prayed together. Um, all throughout this week, it was pray for Damar, pray for Damar, posts on Instagram and Snap, pray, 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 pray for Damar. It became this really big deal, and people were like, yes, we need to be praying for him, because the fruits of the Spirit the fruits that God produces are desirable, and they looked at a dire situation. They said, what do we do? I think we need something like that. So let's grab that fruit, and let's try applying it. And after they prayed, they said amen in the middle of the field. They stood up, and the crowd cheered, and they applauded. They're like, yes, this is what we're supposed to be doing. Two opposing teams praying for a man together, taking this dire situation, saying, look, I don't know what to do. Let's just let's lift it up to God. That's the only thing that I think we can do as a collective community. And there's a whole lot of people that were like, yes, yes, prayer, prayer, prayer. But, and I want to be really careful when I'm saying this. I really want to be careful. What was happening was good. Everything that's good comes from the Lord, right? We established that. That was good. There was nothing wrong with what they were doing. They were going in the right direction. In hard times, we're supposed to be able to turn to God. We're supposed to know that. But for some of the guys that took a knee on the field that day, I don't know that it was an interior change from the beginning. I think it was, oh, I need something. I need something desirable. And I'm going to go to the grocery store to get that apple now. 
I don't know that it was an internal change. For some of them, certainly, yeah, absolutely. For a lot of people that were posting, pray for Damar, yeah, I'm sure it was already that change there. But for some people, it becomes cool and the thing that you're supposed to do because everyone else is doing it. And in this moment, prayer is okay. And so let's go. Let's go ahead. Let's, let, let's do that. Let's encourage one another to pray. And some of the people that were clapping after the prayer was done, I think they too were they're saying, oh, we need to reach for something better without necessarily understanding that the change and it's Christ that lives in us or that change comes from. Um, in, the, in the U.S., um, one day every school year, there's a, there's a thing called Pray at the Pole where students across the country uh, meet in front of their high schools and their middle schools, and they hold hands and they pray together. They pray for uh, the country. They pray for their schools. They pray for their teachers. They pray for other students. And so through high school, my high school years, I did this. I would be one of the guys sitting in and praying at the pole before school began. And I remember buses driving by, the big yellow American school buses, and those windows would come down, and kids would hurl insults left and right at us who were in a process of praying. In that specific moment, prayer wasn't actually so cool. But it's easy to flip back and forth and grab fruit when you think you need it most. Let's move on to the second part of Jesus' conclusion, the wise and the foolish builders. The, these two are linked. We're going we're gonna, to we're gonna bring those together. Um, it says, why do you call me Lord, Lord, and do not do what I say? For as everyone who comes to me and hears my words and puts them into practice, I will show you what they are like. They are like a man building a house who dug down deep and laid the foundation on a rock. And when the flood came and the torrent struck the house, um, but... but when the, excuse me, when the flood came and the torrent struck that house but could not shake it because it was well built. But the one who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a man who built his house on the ground without a foundation. The moment the torrent struck that house, it collapsed and its destruction was complete. This is the second part of the scriptures from today. Um, it's hitting a bit on that song that we touched on earlier, right? Like, you know, the defendant is guilty of not knowing who God is, and the shock of the defendant was evident. He said, what, what do you mean? Like, I've been stapling fruit to my branches for years. I've called you Lord, Lord. I have to be a fruit tree, right? Some of the fruits are stapled to my branches. But Jesus is, a, is addressing this bit and saying, look, there's a difference between someone that knows me and someone who's at the store buying his fruit. There's a difference between someone who builds on a solid foundation and someone who doesn't. And Jesus lays out three steps that differentiates these people. One, comes to me. Two, hears my words. And three, puts them into practice. This is verse 47. It's not just, the pract it's not just practicing biblical principles. It's not just listening to messages. It's going to Jesus, saying, one, I want a relationship with you, a relationship that's interactive, transformative from the inside out. Jesus is the key to the whole thing, and there's an open invitation saying, yes, enter into this relationship with me. Two, it's listening to what he says. We get that through the word of God. We get that through prayer. We get through that through Sunday mornings. We get that through gospel families where we talk about God's word together. And three, it's application, right? 
I can't stop at the planning process. It has to move into action. And so he's saying there's two trees, and he's saying there's two buildings. One is built on a solid foundation. That person comes to me, hears my words, puts them into practice. It's solid. Their building is sustainable and will withstand the storms, the wind, the rain, and time. Now, he who builds on the sand, the building there is without a foundation. We'll say it's stapled together as well, right? It's not an inner deep change, and it's the exterior. So if we were here at Jesus' sermon, where would you fall? Where would you fall? The thing is, without knowing that we need Jesus, we're doing our best, right? We're giving it our all. We want to see some of these fruits. We want to try and be a good person and do good things and be kind and gentle and patient. But what we miss sometimes is that the source of those good things comes from God. And that's where we start seeing differences. I'm certain that some of the people that were there at Jesus' sermon were thinking like, oh, like, I want fruit. It's something I want to do. And Jesus is just explaining to them, you don't have to go to the grocery store. You can be a fruit-bearing tree through me. Through laying a solid foundation who is Christ. So what does laying the solid foundation actually look like? One, that foundation needs to be built on Christ. If you didn't know that yet, this is the answer. And that foundation needs to be built on Jesus Christ. Laying that foundation might be acknowledging that it's God who is truly good and not us. Right? It's not us that produces. If you just leave man to his own ways, we've seen throughout history what that produces. Right? It's not man. It's God who is truly good. Everything good comes from God. Every perfect gift is from him. Um, it might be admitting that the fruit, uh, for fruit to be produced in you in every season has to be God in you. And that may mean, hey, it might mean that it needs to be a new you. And maybe there needs to be that interaction with Jesus where you say, look, it's not about me anymore. It's about you. I realize what you've done. I want to do this exchange. I want you to make me new from the inside out. For some people, laying this foundation might be full obedience. Can I say full again? Full obedience to what God is calling you to be and to do. Not partial, not just certain domains. A foundation is found underneath every wall of the home. It's not a foundation under three walls and you leave one wall just without a foundation. It covers every single wall of the home. Without a foundation, the house begins to sink. A wall begins to sink. So when we're talking about building this foundation, it covers every area of our lives. And maybe it's time to identify what areas that you have or have not given over to God just yet. But I want to assure you one thing, that God isn't here to make your life miserable. Not in the least bit. He wants the best for you. Even when it may, the best might not be the easiest, but he wants the best for you. Jesus is saying that there's a difference when you live a life that has been transformed from the inside out by God. 
And there's similarities when you're looking at these situations. There's similarities between the two trees. If you see a tree with its own fruit and a tree with stapled fruit from a distance, they look the same, but time's going to tell the difference, right? The closer you get to that tree, the more evident it is. Um, You can have two houses built next to each other. One house is going to have a foundation. The other one might not. They could look the same for a while, but over time you're going to see, wow, that house is collapsing. I wonder why that is. Wow. For a while it looked good, but without that solid foundation that we talked about, time's going to tell. Walking inside, you're going to see the shifting of the home little by little. My prayer this morning is that you would allow Jesus to make that change in you completely from the inside out. My prayer for us all this morning is that fruit would be produced, not fruit purchased from the grocery store, but fruit that's coming from the inside out through the action of the Spirit who lives in us. My prayer for us this morning is that our foundation would be built on solid ground upon Christ, upon the God who is able to support us in any storm, upon the God who wants the best for you, the God who loves you, that invites you into a relationship with him that will make you new and that will make you solid. And if you don't believe that Jesus loves you, all you have to do is look to the cross, and it's very evident that he does. There should be no doubt. Let's pray together. Father God, thank you um, again for these, this conclusion of your sermon. Um, God, we want to be changed foundationally. We want to see change from the inside out, God, as your spirit produces fruit in us. Um, God, that's not always evident. God, I just pray for areas in our lives where we're like, this is an area I want to give over to you, God. That you would give us the courage and the strength to continue to move forward and hand that over to you, God. God, I pray for uh, any of us here who might be just realizing that oh, I want to do good things. I, I, I want to be faithful. I want to be patient. I want to be kind I want to have self-control. I want all these things. God, I just pray that if they didn't realize that those are things that come from you, God, that they would look to you for those things, that they would look to you for your spirit so that they would produce those on a regular basis, not out of their own strength, but out of yours and the working that you do in their lives. Thank you that you can make us new. Thank you that you can make us a tree that produces fruit in every season, storms are not, um, that, that can stand the test of time as well. In Jesus' precious name, amen.